0: back. Once again, it is the Purely Pink Skin Podcast, Season 1, Episode 11. I'm your host, Pete Noyd, and today, as we recap the week of events in the NFL, Week 2, and look ahead to Week 3, I have with me a very good friend, Chris Ledbetter, big football fan and a good friend. Letty, what's going on, brother?
1: Petey, what's up, buddy? Thanks for having me on. Excited. NFL season is back, and If that's not the greatest news, I don't know what is. The excitement is in the air. It just doesn't go away,
0: does it? Like, it's just so great to have football back.
1: It really is. It just, it feels different. (laughs) Like, everything just feels different. You're excited for Thursday nights, Sundays, Mondays. It's amazing.
0: Everybody's excited, and especially at a time like this, where we've been dealing with so much over the past year and a half. It's just good to have a sense of normalcy, right? Stuff that we're used to.
1: Yeah, it really is. And and seeing fans in the stadiums at these games, that makes a huge difference too. It's just, it's nice for football to be normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's great. So man, and there's, I feel like there's so many storylines already in this very young season. Of course, you know, you and I both have our teams. You want to shout out your team real quick? Go Pack Go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But he's a Packers fan now. So as yeah. a Dolphins fan, you know, there's no beef there. It's a, It's a solid nfc team and uh you know me i love tradition too so you know teams like the packers i can always get behind because i i love the history and the tradition of franchises like the packers
1: oh for sure and you know same thing with with miami i i gotta say i when i'm not cheering for the packers because of the proximity and i've been to so many games i kind of root for the bills so i haven't necessarily ever rooted for the dolphins but yeah they're not not a team that i dislike let's say
0: it's true there's obviously we're north of the border in the GTA and there's a lot of Bills fans up here because of our proximity to Buffalo but yeah let's get this thing rolling uh again so many storylines and uh, let's start with the bucks and the Falcons this week because that was uh, a good game I think everyone assumed that the bucks would blow out the Falcons and in the end it did look like there was some distance between the two teams they won 48 to 24. But it was close for a while. It's a pretty good game, but I mean that juggernaut that is the Bucks just keeps on going. That defense is still strong and that offense is really clicking with all those weapons and Tom Brady still pulling the strings. What did you think of that game?
1: Yeah, it's it ended how I think everybody expected it would. The Tampa Bay offense is just it's it's nuts. Like they can spread the ball to so many different people. Their running game is there when they need it. You know, with Evans, Godwin, Gronk looks like he's 10 years younger. You know, another two d uh, two touchdowns. You know, and Evans, I think Evans, you know, he I think he was a little frustrated last week. He didn't get all that he wanted. And then, uh, you know, this week, yeah, he's in there for two touchdowns, five receptions for 75 yards. Uh, he just, they spread the ball everywhere. It, it's going to be a real tough one to stop. and And Brady is just continuing to be Brady.
0: Yeah, obviously you give a guy like Brady that many weapons, and the protection's been pretty good for him as well. So he knows how to get the ball out of his hands. He works the ball around. Everybody seems to get fed. Like you said, you know, even when a guy like Evans doesn't have uh, much of a game, like in game one, he comes back. His first two completions were to Evans, bang, bang. Then he made sure he found him in the end zone. Then he got another touchdown. So he knows how to keep everybody happy. And he said after the game that the Bucks were had even more to show than what you've seen so far this season. Are you buying that or do you think Brady might be blowing a little smoke there?
1: With Brady, how do you – I mean, you, you have to believe him, right? It's just <laughs> – you know, he's got so many different ways of beating you. I, b- I believe it with this Bucks team, with all the weapons that they have, I believe it. It's week two. If he said this in you know week sixteen, seventeen, uh, maybe I'd say he's blowing smoke. But week two, I-, I think they've probably got a lot that we haven't seen.
0: Yeah, that's true. And and again, I I do think you know they're going to get everybody's best shot this year because of the reigning Super Bowl champs. But they kind of have the team to take that. You know, they they're so loaded on both sides of the ball, they can take on that challenge and. It's a different Tom Brady, not just the offense that he's running, but his temperament, really. I mean, uh, they call it the Patriot way. I, I call it the Bill Belichick way because he's the one that invented the Patriot way. Yep. But when you're in New England, you know, you always talk up your opponents. You always give them respect in the press, and you always kind of downplay your own chances kind of a thing. But in Tampa, and Bruce Arians, of course, is a little more brash and, and forward and then you get Brady coming out and be like, oh, yeah, we got, we
1: actually have a lot more to show you guys. <laughs> yeah. He he seems a lot more relaxed in Tampa. You know, he took a, a phrase from Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, <laughs> he relaxed. He just, yeah, he seems more open. He seems more personable, especially in the interviews and stuff. Yeah. I think he's kind of relieved to be away from the Patriot way. I think he might be enjoying football a little more. I think so. Which is contributing to – his success right now yeah i mean there's no there's no question that
0: the patriot way gets results we've seen that but does it take the joy out of the game a little bit after a while of having to do it a very strict and certain way all the time
1: i definitely think so i mean with you know i heard an interview with brady and they said you know after you retire will you and belichick sit down and you know relive your memories and Brady said, probably not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like nothing about respect for him, but probably not. I think that says a lot. Yeah. Now Brady was
0: also interviewed this past week and asked if now maybe because he keeps playing at such a high level, if maybe he can play until he's 50, do you see any conceivable
1: possibility that that might happen? It's crazy to think about like 50 years old playing quarterback in the NFL it's absolutely insane. But if anybody can do it, it would be Brady. I don't think he will, but I love that he probably in his head thinks that there's a chance, <laughs> you know, God willing, maybe he does, but uh, I, I don't think so. Like, that's just, that's, that's crazy to me. And I I don't think Giselle will let him. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's
0: a very good point. You yeah. may not. And I don't see it happening anyway. I, I know that they can stretch careers these days and, and he hasn't, taken too many hits in his career but i i don't know i think 46 is still the cutoff for me i don't see him playing yeah. past 46 i think he's 44 now so a couple more yeah. years tops yeah. but yeah. there's no doubt he's playing at a high level let's move into some of the primetime games because i gotta say you know we have been super spoiled by the primetime games this season right from the go uh, the opening game of the season, of course, the Bucks and the Cowboys, we were treated to a back-and-forth battle right to the very end. Uh, we've had some great games so far. Uh, then this past Thursday, we had the Washington football team against the New York Giants, and uh, Washington came out in front 30-29 to in that nail-biter. You had Graham Gano kick a, a go-ahead field goal with two minutes left, only to have Washington drive back down the field, miss a field goal, but then get a second chance because a Giants player was offside. Hopkins hit it on his second try, and gave Washington the win. What a game that was! Did you catch that?
1: Yes, it was a it was a great game. Um, and I tell you, in a prime time, especially if it's not a you know one of your teams, you can only hope for a very close game, an exciting game. And we've just been spoiled with them so far this year. Um, that was a great game. I, I watched it start to finish. And I, I couldn't believe the the finish. It just, it seems, I tell you, the New York football teams right now, they just can't <laughs> seem to catch a break. And it just seemed like it was so giants to, for to, to blow that game away at, at the end. And um, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised that the giants were able to move uh, so much offensively with the, you know, the football team's defense. Um, I, the, the score surprised me. I, I definitely thought this would be a lower scoring game. And I was surprised that the giants were able to, to get so much on the uh, the Washington football team defense.
0: Yeah. I, I have to agree with that Washington. I think they have a top three defense in the league, but they haven't exactly played that way so far. And it's early, of course, you know, not only do they not play a lot in preseason, but they only have three preseason games now. So you know, there's there's even less opportunity to get out onto the field before the season starts. So yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of teams across the NFL finding it difficult to get that engine up and running. And uh I, I think that their defense will come good as the season goes. But yeah, I have been a little surprised at how um uh, somewhat ordinary I guess they've been to start the season.
1: Yeah, that that's that's actually a really good word for it. They they have been very ordinary and I definitely expected a lot more, but Like you said, I think they turn it around, and I think their defense uh, becomes definitely a little more stout. Um, It's just – it really surprised me that the Giants of all teams were able to uh, to kind of go through them like they did. You know, that
0: NFC East is wild when you think about it. You know, I I, I picked Washington to win the division and and the Cowboys to finish second and, and get a wild card spot before the season started. But you know, Jalen Hurts looks really good with the Eagles. You know, he's he's uh, really moving the ball in that offense. Their defense uh, is is putting up a good fight there. And uh, Daniel Jones for the Giants is is really done well. And and even though he hasn't yeah. really gotten going with Galladay, you know, Saquon's still coming back from an injury. Evan Ingram's been out. He doesn't have the chemistry with Galladay, and yet you know they put up uh, almost thirty points there. Against washington's yeah. defense, I mean, who knows where this division's going to end up
1: oh yeah this this division of all the divisions is a complete toss up uh like you could you could make a case for all four teams in this division that they have a chance to win the division you know and and probably with a better record than most people thought. You know, it's not going to be like last year where they're under 500 winning division. I think that the winner of this division will have a winning record. But these uh interdivision games should be very entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Well,
0: let's move over to the AFC and uh, another primetime game that we saw on Sunday Night Football. The Ravens and the Chiefs. And uh, another thrilling game, another one-point game, in fact. The Ravens coming away with a 36-35 victory over... The Kansas City Chiefs and Lamar Jackson's first win against the Chiefs uh in his career. So big one there. What did you take away from that
1: game? Another one that somewhat surprised me. You know, after the, the Ravens lost week one to the Raiders, I expected Kansas City to win the game. I expected Baltimore to be in the game, but Kansas City to kinda take over as the game went on. You know, it didn't really happen. You know, uh Lamar, I think he was he was on a mission. No, he was. You know he 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 just runs the ball at will. Seems like you know what's coming and you can't stop it. And I love the call at the end of the game. They're going for it on fourth and one. You know Harbaugh's like, you want to go for it? And right away, yes, get out there, go for it. I love that. I was happy for you know Jackson to get that win against KC as he he calls them their kryptonite. So that, that's a that's a big win for him. And it's to be honest, it's nice to see KC, you know, get maybe get taken down a peg. You know, I think that's, I don't know if it's going to be good or bad for the NFL for the rest of the year, but seeing Mahomes taken down a peg and, and, and losing a game, I'm not too bothered by it. Yeah, I think, you know, really the Ravens, even though they did give up 35 points,
0: they did a pretty good job on taking away Tyreek Hill. The only stuff they really gave him was underneath stuff, and he was tackled right away or he ran out of bounds. Uh, he didn't really break loose, have that big game. And that seems to be the way you stay in games against the Chiefs is you have to take away that big threat. I thought they did a pretty good job on Kelsey, too, with the exception of that one play where Kelsey just went all maddened. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was just trucking through guys. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'm a defensive coach
0: on the Ravens, I'm throwing my hat on the ground because there were so many missed tackles and guys, you know, half efforts and stuff like that. But Kelsey's a smart football player. And he took that ball on a little innocent route and ended up taking it all the way to the house. You got to have brains for the game to do something like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And then you know they they start the game and KC gets the the pick six, and you just start thinking, oh geez, here we go. It's going to be another could be another blowout. And you got to give the Ravens credit. They they battled back. They you know Lamar didn't let it let it get to him just continued with the game plan you know ran the ball down their throats and he made some great passes when he needed to he hit Hollywood a couple times and Andrews had a couple nice catches on third downs they played a really good game and it was entertaining to watch yeah that's a
0: great point you know how many teams if they go down early to the chiefs especially on a defensive touchdown you know it's not even their offense it's their defense putting up 7 on you yeah, how many teams are going to Throwing the towel right then and there and say well we're finished but like you said credit to the Ravens for coming all the way back in that one all right well let's move to your team the Packers then Monday night football that was uh you know I gotta say even though the score doesn't make it look like it was a close game Packers 35-17 over the Lions it was a close game in the first half and the Lions took the ball which I thought was great from their perspective uh, knowing that the Packers had a disappointing effort in week one against the Saints to come out, want the ball in Green Bay, march down the field, score a touchdown, that puts a lot of pressure
1: on a team that needs a win badly. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I saw that and I was just like, oh, no, not again. And, you know, it's the Lions, right? So you're, I expected them to come out all guns a blazing and, and just basically destroy the lions. And, you know, the, the green Bay defense is very, very suspect at best. Uh, Joe Barry has not had a great start. They just don't seem to make very many plays. They in the second half they, they did, but it just, you know, teams are not scared of the green Bay defense Mm. and that poses problems because, you know, you give even a team like the lions, a little bit of, confidence and they do exactly what they did in the first half march all the way down score a touchdown next possession you know they score again so you know definitely after the first half I was I had confidence that the Packers would pull it out but it was definitely a lot closer than it you know I thought it would be at halftime yeah and
0: uh it doesn't help that Zadarius Smith Packers best linebacker maybe well or Jair Alexander he might be the best defender yeah. on the team, but zaderius Smith is right there with him, I think. So that was a big loss. Hawkinson, of course, had another yep. big day for the Lions, and and so I think that was really felt there. But yeah, credit credit to the Lions for coming out and, and giving it their best shot. You kind of got the sense, though, as the game went on that, that they had given their best shot in the first half, and they couldn't maintain it. And sure enough, the Packers pulled away in the second half. And how about those four touchdowns from Aaron Jones? Yes,
1: that was, you know, it. this Packer offense is at its best when Aaron Jones is involved in rushing and the passing game. And, you know, he just frees up so many other options. Um, and you got so many defenses are so focused on Devontae Adams that, you know, a lot of times a little dumped Aaron Jones turns into a 25-yard gain in a hurry. So when you know when they're, when the Packers offense is at its best, Aaron Jones is involved a lot and you know in, in the first week, he wasn't, um, which was a, a huge reason why they were not very successful. But it was nice to see Jones get going that should catapult him for another great year. So you just got to get AJ Dillon going because you know Jones can't be out there for the whole game. So we need uh, Dylan to start making some, some good use of his time on the field. Uh, bust out some big runs you know he's such a big back and there's a lot of talent there i just hope this year he can kind of now he's given the opportunity with uh, Jamal Williams gone uh i hope he has the uh he can push through and and uh give them a a dual threat on the the running back position cuz that just will free up the passing game that much more
0: yeah i mean let's be honest aj dylan was the reason that the packers could part ways with jamal right. williams and of course he ended up going to the lions but yeah, there's a lot of uh, excitement around this guy. He's a big power back and showed flashes last year, so I think he'll turn it around. But yeah, he needs to he needs to build some trust within the offense. Let Aaron Rodgers know that he can trust him with the ball in his hands. Yep, for sure. All right, well, let's. Uh, this is now we come into the painful part of the this episode because I have to unfortunately report that on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills beat my Miami <laughs> Dolphins by a score of thirty-five to nothing. <laughs> it hurts just saying that. I bet it does. <laughs> and uh Yeah. I and I don't normally do this because I am not a fair weather fan. But after seeing the way that we came out in that game, I changed the channel. Yeah. After 14 nothing. And it was a quick 14 nothing. I did end up coming back to the game later on just to see how we were getting on, but As a Dolphins fan, that was about the worst start that you could ask for, you know, and uh, the Bills defense showed the Dolphins no respect whatsoever. They blitzed on pretty much every play to start the game, and uh, they were right to do so because our offensive line is terrible, absolutely terrible, couldn't block anybody, and that's the reason Tua got knocked out of the game. We had a free rusher off the edge, straight line, right to Tua, bang, right in the ribs, Knocked him out of the game. We're not sure if he's going to be back for week three. And the defense, you know, after a shaky start, they really pulled it together. But it's too much pressure, too much pressure for that defense to to hold up the bills for the whole game when the offense is doing next to nothing. So yeah, very, very frustrating day from a Dolphins fan point of view. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and it's crazy because you, you see the score and you're like, oh, man, like Josh Allen must have thrown the ball over the field. Diggs must have had a huge day. And and you look at the box score and Josh Allen was 17 for 33 for 179 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. It's not at all what I expected. That I thought that game was going to be real tight. Um, you know, I thought a field goal was going to win that game at the end. But I mean, I think the Bills were motivated after the home opener loss in Week One to uh, the Steelers, especially the way that they let that game go. So I think they they came out determined to uh, to get a better result in this game. And and they the the O line for the Dolphins. I mean, they gave up six sacks. I mean, you're not going to win very many games giving up six sacks like like that. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, t- a tough one for for the Dolphins. But you know, one thing I've definitely learned, especially after the Packers getting blown out in Week One, is not to overreact. So, well, there you go. It's it's one game. Next week is another game, and you know maybe the Dolphins bounce back just like the Packers did.
0: Well, thank you for that <laughs> yeah. encouragement, buddy. I really appreciate lift that. Lift you know? up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I need that. Yeah, you know, I, I did have a feeling going in that the Bills were going to win the game. Yeah, it's not that. It's it's the way in which they won the game. Right. It was so disappointing. And you know, in the back of your mind, even though if you think the Bills are the favorites going in, which I did, you'd like to think that you know, just maybe after that Week One win against the Patriots. We could just keep the momentum going, go 2 and 0 on the season and in the division against our division rivals back to back. That would have been a huge statement for the Dolphins if we could have pulled that off.
1: Oh, massive, massive. To go up 2 0 that early with two division wins, that would have been huge. But now it's, uh, you know, it's all square, basically.
0: So, yeah, yeah. We're back to square one. Yeah. Well, I mentioned Tua in that game being knocked out, and he was not alone across the NFL. In fact, there were numerous injuries across the league in week two this week. And I'll tell you what, I'm just going to go through a list of some of the bigger names that were injured. There's a lot of them, some key players across the league, and then maybe you can give me your thoughts on a couple of them. Sounds good. So Tua went out with bruised ribs. He's questionable for this week. Andy Dalton left the Bears game with a knee injury. They're not sure if he's going to be back this week. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, it's been reported, is dealing with a pectoral injury and uh, is questionable as well. Carson Wentz was sacked by Aaron Donald and twisted both of his ankles. (laughs) Jarvis Landry went out with a knee injury, and he's since been put on IR and will miss at least three weeks. Deontay Johnson of the Steelers also went out with a knee injury. Amari Cooper, ribs. Daryl Henderson went out with a rib injury, so lots of rib injuries across the league this week. And, again, the San Francisco backfield once again taking a major hit. Trey Sermon uh, taking a concussion. And uh, Mitchell getting hurt again. Hasty's already out. I mean, I don't know. They're down to their running back six or something like that, I think.
1: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Jeez, that's tough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, And then on the defensive side, uh, Bradley Chubb for the uh, Broncos went out with, uh, with an ankle injury. Brandon Graham, unfortunately, the Eagles' edge rusher, torn ACL. He's out for the year. And TJ Watt, big injury for the Steelers, went out with a groin injury, did not return. Uh, what do you think are some of the biggest injuries we're talking about
1: there? Uh, well, I mean, the, the Steelers, right? You lose your defensive captain, you lose TJ Watt. So I mean if he's out for any extended time that's massive for them and then you have Ben you know on the other side of the ball who has not looked great he looks slow and I know he lost weight and there was all this talk that he was you know in great shape and you know going to be, be able to move a little bit better but I haven't seen it yet but I mean nonetheless losing him for that offense is is, is big for them Wentz like how the heck do you sprain both ankles I have never heard that before in football or any other sport, or in life, I haven't heard somebody spraining yeah. both ankles. This guy just seems to be cursed. He's just he can't seem to dodge the injury bug. Um, he's really testing my loyalty. Because <laughs> yes, I've been I know yeah. out about Wentz. Yeah, you're a Wentz whole guy. Po- yeah. the entire podcast
0: yeah. so far, <laughs> and every time I come up with something good to say about him, something bad happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, and you know he's he's looked good. He's looked good there, and I think India is going to be a, good, a really good team. You know, losing him, that's that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for Indy. So hopefully, he's not out for a long period of time for them. And then and Tua, I mean, it's kind of along the same lines as Wentz. He just seems to have the injury bug. You know, mm. it's just he can't seem to dodge it. When with Alabama, um, you know, last year I believe he was hurt, if I'm not mistaken, and then you know that now this year, but it's bruised ribs. You should be able to play through bruised ribs. I actually heard uh, Jake DeLome saying that any quarterback that he ever played with or knew would play through bruised ribs. So hopefully we see a two out on the field uh, for week three. I was a little surprised
0: that bruised ribs kept him out. Yeah. You know, I know that that can be a painful injury and all, but, it's true. It's a it's a different generation right now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and you and I have played through a lot on the ball hockey floor, bro. Yeah, that's that's you know, for sure. like, <laughs> Come on, we're not making
1: any money for this no, stuff. Yeah, we should have been sponsored by Tiger Bomb. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Bomb make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> come on now.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely some key injuries there. You mentioned the Steelers in particular, and and they just can't afford. Uh, any setbacks in that tough division, the AFC North, along with the Ravens and the Browns, and even the Bengals, I'll say, even though I don't think they're going to contend this year. Of course, the Steelers did go down on Sunday to the Las Vegas Raiders, 26-17. to 17. They are dealing with injuries now to Roethlisberger, to Deontay Johnson, and to TJ Watt. Those are all three major
1: injuries. That
0: game, uh, did you catch any
1: of that game? I did. I did. I saw a bit of that game. I didn't see the whole thing, but... Uh, I did catch a bit, a bit of that game, and I, I'm surprised—happily ha- surprised—for the Raiders. I, I think they've they've played very well, and they're grinding out wins. I mean, they kicked four field goals in this game. Carr has looked very good. You know, he's not giving the ball up. He had no interceptions. He had 382 yards, two touchdowns, eight different receivers. Um, and then it was nice to see Ruggs kind of break out. He was kind of quiet in the first half, and then it had that 61-yard touchdown. It's a very good start to the season for the for the Raiders. That's a big win for them, as was week one. Um, the Steelers, I, I feel like this is what we're going to get with the Steelers this year. I think they're going to be a, around a 500 team. I think they're going to have good weeks, and they're going to have bad weeks. Um, so I'm not that surprised with the Steelers. But, yeah, I, I'm... The Raiders. Raiders look good, so it'll be kind of exciting to to see them in the upcoming weeks to see how they build off this. Yeah. So in that vein, do you think that this result looks good on the Raiders or looks bad on the Steelers? I think it's good on the Raiders. This is the kind of maybe the game that the Raiders would have lost in past years, Um, but they grinded this one out. You know, they didn't get into the end zone a whole lot, but they got their field goals. And they, and they grinded out the win. And in years past, this is the kind of game where maybe they, instead of kicking a field goal and getting the points, they go for it, or Carr throws an interception trying to force something. So I think this shows a bit of growth in the Raiders, and I think they're going to build upon this. I think the Raiders are going to have a good year. Yeah, I'm actually going to take uh, an opposite tack to that. I, I
0: think this looks bad on the Steelers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll admit that obviously those injuries are no good, but they happened with... The exception of TJ Watts injury, those other injuries, Well, Ben Roethlisberger, he's always playing through something, it seems. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Deontay Johnson's injury happened late in the game. In fact, maybe even the last play of the game is totally meaningless play. So if I'm the Steelers, I expect to win that game. There's no two ways about it. They're at home. I don't see the Raiders as being a contending team this year personally, although I do agree with you. I think they have made an impressive start and they look better so far. But with them, I need to see a little more before I start believing it. Yeah. And to, to the point on Carr, he is playing better. You know, uh, In a previous episode, I, I mentioned that he's kind of a guy that doesn't seem to be able to get out of third gear his career. He looks good right now, but I, I get the sense that he's not delivering all that Gruden would hope for from his quarterback. Those deep balls are very few and far between. It was an impressive touchdown to Ruggs, yes, but I think he needs to be able to throw that deep ball with a little more consistency for them ultimately to to challenge. And I, I'm just going to take a little bit more of a wait-and-see approach from them, even though I, I would agree with you that it's an impressive start.
1: Yeah, and that's that's completely fair. Um, yeah, like, I don't think the Raiders are going to be contending for anything this year, but I think they're going to have a, a better year than maybe some expected. You know, and this the start is is uh, you know a good way to get that going. But as a as a Steelers fan, and as you know, the Steelers organization, yeah, you expect to win that game definitely. Yeah,
0: and just a quick side note there: I have Henry Ruggs in all three of my fantasy leagues, and I he was on the bench in all three oh. of those leagues as well. <laughs> I thought I thought this is a bad matchup going into Steel Town against yeah. that oh, yeah. Iron Curtain, yep, steel steel curtain. So, sorry, yeah. and uh then he gets that long touchdown, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so that's, that's so frustrating. <laughs> it is. Anyway, let's move on. The final game I wanted to key on from week two is the Panthers and the Saints. Now the Saints, of course, ran roughshod over your Packers in week one, yep. and then they turn around and get blown out by the suddenly two and zero and looking good Carolina Panthers. Twenty six to seven was the final. Wow! I, again, is I did not expect that in this game after the Saints came out and were so impressive in week one. And Carolina, there's mixed. I've had a couple guys on the show that think Carolina could do big things this year. And I can't say I believed them, but they're off to a great start.
1: Yeah, this was a shocker for me. Uh, I did not expect this, um, you know, especially after watching them absolutely throttle my Packers last week. But it was just, it was utter domination. I mean, they only had 128 yards uh, of offense. That's the fewest ever under Peyton as their coach. It was just not. Carolina had 28 first downs. The Saints had six. Ouch. Just domination. You know, Winston didn't do much. He was 11 for 22, 111 with two interceptions, got sacked four times. And I think the biggest story of the whole game is Camara absolutely shut down. Eight carries for five yards. I don't ever expect that in any game that Camara is playing. So that was a, a huge, huge shock. And credit to, to Carolina for, for shutting them down because they look like they couldn't be stopped against the Packers, you know, and then CMC comes back and he's just looking like CMC, you know, it's just, you know, and and, and Darnold looks good. Like Darnold looks good for, for Carolina. He does. I think you said in previous episodes that, uh, you know, as long as he's serviceable, they, you know, they, they could be good. And he's been, I think, a little bit more than serviceable so far. So, yeah, that game was a shock on, on many levels. Yeah. Well, just a,
0: a quick, a bridge to week three as well. The Panthers are up on Thursday night football this week. And for some people who might be listening, this game may have already happened, but they are Thursday night football against the Houston Texans this week. So that's a great chance to start the season three, and know, if you're the yeah. Panthers. Uh, conversely, uh, if you don't win that game, that's going to be a huge letdown for them after their hot start, but great, great opportunity for them. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. That's,
1: that's a game that they have to have. They have to have.
0: All right, let's move into a little fantasy talk here. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, your fantasy acumen. Yeah, I know you're a big fantasy guy in addition to being a big football fan, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was thinking a bit about this week and, and uh, how the season has gone. Mind you, we're still early, of course, just a couple of weeks in now. But a new phenomenon is is taking place in fantasy football. It's called the zero running back strategy. And what this strategy basically means is, that you do not prioritize drafting a running back in the first three to five rounds, uh, which is totally opposite, traditionally speaking, to what you would do. Most times the, I'll call it orthodox strategy, would be, in fact, to do just the opposite, to make sure you get that top running back, maybe even those top two running backs before you start looking elsewhere. But we're starting to see a new trend here. Obviously, where we don't see those workhorse backs quite so much anymore, and it seems like even like the workhorse backs now, we're seeing less and less of the ball, uh, hence this strategy. So my my question to you is, you know, is this the time to be thinking seriously about the zero running back strategy?
1: Well, I mean, if there ever was a time, it seems like it's now. The, with all the top running backs, uh, I would say underperforming so far this year. And, and wide receivers are putting up a lot of points. Um, so if you're in a PPR league, then, you know, this might be something to look at. If you can find a good value back in the, you know, fourth or fifth round, definitely it's something to consider because if, if you can load up with top wide receivers and still get a good value back, because right now the The difference in some of the top guys and the the middle range guys is not as big as it has been in, in years past. So it's definitely it's definitely something to consider. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now in one of my leagues that I've been in for about twenty years now. As a matter of fact, you used to be in this league. We got to get you back in that league. It's a fun league. Still kicking yeah, around. Yeah, I, w- I would love to come back. JP's Gridiron Challenge. We're gonna have to get you back in there. Now, would you believe that you've got? The top two running backs, you wouldn't be surprised. Derrick Henry's number one. Christian McCaffrey's number two. It's a half-point PPR league, so you get a half a point per reception. Yeah, But after that, there's a bit of surprises. The RB6 after two games, Daryl Henderson. Wow. Daryl Henderson is the RB6 after two games. And sitting way down in this RB24 and RB25 spots, respectively, is Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. It's mind-blowing. It is <laughs> Tony Pollard, who is still the backup to Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, has more fantasy points than Zeke does.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a head scratcher. It really is a head scratcher. That's not something you would ever predict either. You know, yeah, Elliott. Yeah, what I was looking at. Yeah, he's twenty fifth. It's so early that I don't want to make a. I don't want to be quick to make a judgment on him. Uh, week one was rough because they clearly had the game plan that they were going to throw the ball around uh tampa bay they were going to try to run on on that line he was better last game i still think Elliott's going to have a good year i think he's going to come out of it i i'm pro Elliott that way but on the other side last game pollard had 16 rush attempts uh, i think zeke had 15 and pollard had you know it's uh oh no, sorry zeke had 16 pollard had 13 so he's taking a lot of the ball right now um so be interesting to see if that's you know if that happens going forward uh, but I, I still think this the Dallas offense is better when Zeke is is going, and I think they're going to look to get him involved, and I, I think he'll he'll shoot up those uh, those rankings over the coming weeks.
0: Yeah. Now, while we're on Zeke, I want to shift here into a new segment on the Purely Pigskin Podcast: reasons to keep and reasons to ditch. So you and I are going to go back and forth, throwing a few names back and forth. And once that name is given to us, we will give our reasons to keep that player if you've got him on your fantasy team or reasons to get rid of that player uh, if you've got him on your football team, whether it's dumping him to the waiver wire or trading him away or trying to acquire that player in a trade, perhaps. Let's see where we go with this. And I'm going to throw the first one to you. Let's start with Zeke, a
1: reason to keep and a reason to ditch Ezekiel Elliott. Keep that Dallas, like I said, that Dallas offense is at its best when he is going, so I think that they will get him going. And then to ditch, Pollard has looked great. Um, And he's taking carries away from Zeke right now. If that continues, maybe you move Zeke. All right, so Pete, now give me a reason for keep ditch for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
0: Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I have him on two fantasy teams. Been disappointed Reason to keep, there's still a lot of upside. He's still young. He's still in the best offense in the league. And one of these times when they take away Tyreek Hill, he's going to be the guy to answer the bell. Reasons to ditch, he's just not near the top of the pecking order. And Mahomes loves to pass the ball to his receivers rather than to his running backs. And when you're that good, why do you need to pass to your running back when you can throw it 15 yards down the field to Kelsey over the middle? or a bomb down the sideline to any one of those speedsters that they've got running around the field. So uh, there's a keep in a ditch for Clyde Edwards-Alaire.
1: How about Mike Williams? Mike Williams. I tell you, he's the guy that everybody's been waiting to explode. And so far this year he has. Uh, I've actually tried to trade for him in my my pool uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, I drafted him the last three years, and this year I didn't. And, of course – He's going off early. So to keep, I think this is Mike Williams. I think he's finally gonna he's gonna pull it out this year. I think he's gonna break out. I think he's gonna have a great year. I mean to ditch, he goes back to the same Mike Williams that has been there the last three years. I'm leaning more towards the keep, but there's a chance of the ditch there just because it's only been two games and he hasn't proven it for long enough to be a, a hard sell on the on the keep. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, Pete, how about uh, Hollywood Brown? Hollywood Brown. Man, what a disappointing
0: season he had last year. But a reason to keep, he looks electric this year. Lamar Jackson has been looking for him, I'd say even more so than Mark Andrews in the passing game, which is a big statement. Right now he's got the rule of the roost, and he looks energetic and ready to go. Reason to ditch, well, Rashad Bateman will be back in a few weeks. They are still a run first team and that, of course, includes Lamar Jackson himself running the ball. So he could be hot and cold and a guy that you might want to trade while he's on
1: a hot streak. Okay. How about Debo Samuel? So Debo Samuel, I have him on my team. A keep uh, Grappolo has it was just worth 500 yards. Debo's got 282. He's got more than half of the yards, receiving yards from Grappolo this year. So that's a keep. If this continues, which this pace can't, but still, it seems like Debo is his favorite guy right now, and he's going to be getting a fair share of the ball, um, of the targets. So that's a that's a keep. Ditch if Ayuk comes back to life and starts taking some uh, targets away. You know, maybe it evens out, and you know, Debo would be more of a bench guy who fills in during uh, bye weeks and that. But uh, right now, I'm riding high with Debo. Yeah, he's he's looking great. All right, Pete, keep and ditch James Robinson. James Robinson,
0: you're gonna get me all riled up here. I'm actually gonna start with the ditch on James Robinson and come back to the keep, okay? Ditch James Robinson because Urban Meyer is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly seeming that way. <laughs> I mean, just and I've been I've been harping on Urban already. But he it's this is a classic example of a guy that has a certain plan, a very specific plan in his head. It doesn't matter what personnel he has, he's gonna do his thing. The best coaches in the league will take the players that are on the team and work things around their skill sets yep. and around the best players they have on their yep. team. I said this before, I'll say it again. Drafting Travis Etienne at the top of the second round, big mistake. Yep. Etienne gets hurt, which is unfortunate, but you think, oh, At least James Robinson, who proved himself last year, proved himself, not only that he could do well, but he could really carry the load. He was involved in the pass game, came out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. You thought, oh, well, finally he'll get to see the ball. Well, guess what? He's barely seen the ball in two games. I don't know what Urban Meyer is thinking. You've got the negative game script that they're going to be faced with on a week-to-week basis, which is get behind early, pass to catch up, and... He's got three balls, I think, in his uh, each of his first two games, which is not a lot. So ditch, because Urban Meyer refuses to use this great talent on his team, and that's bad for him and bad for his fantasy owners. Keep, I'll say, because eventually, I would like to think <laughs> that Meyer will understand that he has to use Robinson more in order to win football games in the NFL, and that at some point this season. He'll see that and understand that and start feeding him the ball. Also realizing that if they can establish a run game, it's going to help out their rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. It's a win-win situation if Urban Meyer would just go to the run game, go to James Robinson. But right now he refuses to.
1: Yeah, I I wanted to hear what you were going to say about that because I actually traded for James Robinson in my pool in the offseason. Uh, I was able to get him for a fourth round pick. And at the time I needed another running back for a keeper, so I thought, okay, you know, I'm gonna take a chance, even though they're gonna draft ATN. I thought, you know, I'm gonna I, I really like James Robinson. And I have just been severely disappointed the first two weeks. He's been in my starting lineup. I was able to win both weeks, but with zero help from him. So uh man, I hope I hope Urban Meyer uh figures it out because this is uh it's killing my fantasy team right now and it's going to be killing Trevor Lawrence because yeah. to ask him to be throwing the ball around a ton and and trailing every game I mean that's not going to be great for his development absolutely
0: not and I do feel bad for you and for every owner of James Robinson out there in fantasy leagues because it's not his fault he's a great player and uh I know a lot of guys that were excited about him kept yeah. him chose him as a keeper this year cuz they thought he was going to be great yep only for Meyer to pull a fast one, and now all of a sudden he's doing next to nothing for you.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating, but hopefully there's better days ahead. Yeah. All right, before we sign off here, let's take a
0: quick look at week three and uh, some interesting games on the schedule. We've got Washington going up against Buffalo. Chicago-Cleveland, that should be a good game. Indianapolis-Tennessee, that's probably the battle for the AFC South right there, an interdivision game. That should be a good one. Also within the division, the Chargers and the Chiefs. A couple of big games. Your uh, Packers actually will be going up against the 49ers on Sunday night football. That should be a great game. And the Tampa Bay Bucks. Big test for Tom Brady and the Bucks. They're going up against the LA Rams, who have a new flashy quarterback of their own now in Matthew Stafford. Yeah. How do you see that game going?
1: Oh, that I I hope that game It turns out to be like, I think everybody thinks it's going to be an absolute shootout, you know, and it's crazy because both teams have great defenses, but I can still see this game being a shootout. And I I really hope that that's what it turns out to be. I cannot wait to watch this game, Um, but I have a couple Brady things here for you. So, Brady is now 499 yards short of passing Drew Brees to be the all-time passing yards leader. So that may very well happen this week if, if they get into a big shootout. Yeah. Um, and another crazy Brady stat is eight different times he's had a 10-plus game winning streak in his career. Eight different times. Wow. And two of those streaks, one was 21 games, one was 17, which is mind-boggling. Incredible. I got a couple of lines here from quarterbacks through two weeks and their stats. Okay. So I'm going to read them out to you. All right. And tell me if you can guess who they are. Okay. So the first one is 47 for 68, 576 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. Second one, 56 for 86, 655 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Oh.
0: I think I might have the second one. Yeah. But the first one uh You know what? I'll go I'll say number 1 is Jared Goff and number
1: 2 is Tom Brady. So you're right with number 2. It is Brady this year in 2021. The first one was Brady in 2007. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the year he threw for 50 touchdowns with Randy Moss. Wow. So I mean, this is 14 years later, and the year he set the record and had Randy Moss, he is far exceeding that. It, it's it's crazy to think, you know. It 14 years later. That was 2007. It is. He could he could be in for a career year this year. <laughs> yeah, he really could, and that's crazy
0: to think at 44 years old. 44. Yep. <laughs> Well, there you have it. So That's going to be a huge game on Sunday. There's some big ones for sure. Eagles-Cowboys on Monday Night Football as well. Another good one. That should be a shootout. Speaking of shootouts, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. Yes. That's going to be a fun one. Yep. Well, my friend, we're all out of time for episode 11. Thanks so much for coming on, and uh, you'll be back next week. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Thanks all for listening. Take it easy.